Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name's Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by regular contributor Daniel O'Dwyer for a special St. Patrick's Day edition of the show. We actually don't have any special features or anything related to St. Patrick's Day, but I think it's worth uh, mentioning. Rain. got the Ireland jacket on. <laughs> <laughs> We're a bit of green and yeah, I think I, that'll, that'll do us. Well, yeah, I think just given the sort of disproportionate Irish presence that we have in GSFN, it's probably worth mentioning between yourself... But Kieran uh, Brennan, the writer, and also yeah. uh, Kieran Quayle, obviously the editor in chief as well. So yeah, happy St Patrick's Day to to everybody. Happy Patrick's Day to the lads. <laughs> happy Patrick's Day to the lads. Well, um, very very convincing win by Real Madrid against uh, Atlanta on, on on Tuesday night. They kind of did what we expect them to do, and they came out trying to win the game, all to their credit. But they were probably their own worst enemies uh, in in yeah, a way. That's it. I mean, they were the, the cause of their own downfall. I mean. In the end, Real went through with a lot more ease than I was expecting. I mean, yeah, for the first 10 minutes, Atlanta came out fighting. They had a bit of pressure on for 10 minutes or so. I think their best chance was, was Guzens. Guzens, he uh, ball, balls crossed into him, and he kind of looked off balance when he shot it. I mean, he should have scored and done better, but he kind of was falling back when he hit it. And Courtois was an easy save in the end for Courtois. But, I don't know, after 10 or 15 minutes, Real kind of came into their own and just dominated the next hour. And... Like you say, they were the cause of their own downfall. Some horrible errors. Goalkeeper passing the ball directly to Modric. Just absolutely shocking. I don't even know what he was trying to do. Looking at the replay so many times, he must have completely mishit it because it wasn't going near anyone. Yeah. And then yeah, Modric yeah ran through and very very nicely slipped it through to Benzema. Yeah. And then it was a nice finish from Benzema. Not bad at all. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about Benzema in a minute, but yeah, just I think it was quite a good all round performance from, from Madrid. I thought Vinicius was outstanding, uh, Ramos was back, he got himself in the score sheet, and uh, but yeah, God, what, what a goal that would have been oh, by Vinicius. Vinicius was, was unbelievable. I mean, yeah, he won the penalty as well for the second one. Again, maybe a slight error, Atlanta maybe should have taken him down sooner. Then, yeah, he won the penalty, and yeah, Ramos put it away on his return, but yeah, he was unbelievable. Like, very Vinicius performance but like you say with that could have been goal of the season contender just that summed him up in, in about 10 seconds he went from went from Ronaldinho to I don't know to Tamileski in, in 10 seconds he uh, won the ball outside his own box and then played a 1-2 with, with Mendy and then surrounded by a couple like two or three players dribbled inside the box was one on one should have just put it in the bottom corner and just yeah, put it wide. That was, was glorious. I know. I'm trying to think who was it. Yondal Thomason played for Feyenoord. Do you remember his miss? He was about, I mean, his was worse, but it was like one yard out and he put it over the bar. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. But he, he went from Ronaldinho to Yondal Thomason. And, yeah, I probably shouldn't have bad man. Great player, great player. <laughs> That's it. Oh, Thomason was good as well. But yeah, it was it, just disappointing. And it, it is kind of classic. Just kind of disappointing. And it is kind of classic. Um, it is kind of classic. Vinicius is just what we've come to expect of him, going in these amazing mazy runs, setting up goals and all that kind of stuff, uh, and then at the the vital moment just failing to to add the end product. But Benzema, we we touched on them just there. Uh, Graham Hunter was in the ESPN the other day with an article entitled "Real Madrid's Benzema Deserves a Statue." It's uh, the remodeled Bernabeu and a new contract. Uh, would you agree with that? I think he's he's thirty three. Contract runs out next year. If you're Florentino Perez, what would you what would you do? Yeah, I mean, for years he was kind of the unsung hero. I mean, it was Ronaldo and, well, to a degree, Bale, maybe not all the time, getting getting the credit and scoring the big goals, but he has been unbelievable for them for 12, 12 years now. 
think it is. And last night as well, he hit the milestone of 70 Champions League goals, which puts him fifth. I think he's two off third, one behind Raul, two behind Lewandowski. And particularly since Ronaldo has left, he's just been the star man, been the star of the show. His goals, and oh, it's just been unbelievable. That's it. I mean, like the last season, Hunter points out in his article, last season, Benzema made more appearances. Uh, he, he had the most starts and he also uh, accumulated more minutes than anyone else for, for Zidane's side um, and he's also done it as, as you mentioned in the last three seasons from a position of relative isolation Ronaldo left in 2018 and since then Benzema's been pretty he's been up there by himself at first yeah, he's been the, I mean he's had like we said in recent weeks he's kind of had there's never really been any set kind of front three or front two or anything he's had people changing all the time so I mean he has he has had to do a lot on his own but a lot of isolation exactly and if you compare that to Liverpool for example the, the Liverpool front three there have been times where maybe Salah I think you'd have to say Salah's a star man out of the three but when Salah hasn't been on form for example Mane picks up for him or, or Firmino or, or whatever and, and yeah. they work very well together but Benzema hasn't had that luxury and that's you can it. see it this season as well you know yeah it's, yeah, Liverpool is, is more or less a set three with the odd change and Benzema is kind of a, a one-man show at times with service here and there but he's never really played in a set two or three mm. consistently for the last couple of years yeah uh, we can't not talk about the Atalanta free kick unbelievable <laughs> it, was, it was one of the most glad. bizarre free kicks I've ever seen for anyone for anyone who didn't see it so Muriel the Colombian was <coughs> Stepping up to take it, and Atalanta had kind of a, a three-man wall in front of him with their backs to him. And as he started running up, they started running towards the Madrid wall. <coughs> Sorry, so blocking blocking the Madrid wall a bit, probably blocking Courtois' vision a bit as well. And then they kind of separated at the wall, and then, I mean, he hit top corner anyway, and but Courtois got a hand to it and couldn't keep it out, but... Some uh, excuse the pun, but some very clever thinking outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Uh, top punnery does. And uh, well, that's the thing. Like you're used to seeing that thing inside the box, aren't you? From corners and all that kind of stuff. Like you've seen it when they kind of bunch together and they'll run off in different directions. But I've never seen it outside the box. Never seen that's, it from a from a free yeah, kick. So. I wonder if we'll see that more in the future. I yeah, that'll start a little trend there. But well, it's... they're very much at the kind of they're at the forefront of a lot of stuff that's going on in European football they're a very very modern team and I think there's an awful lot of at least in Spain I'm getting this impression impression that there's a lot of ignorance about um, Atalanta they were comparing them to like a lower league uh, La Liga side and all that saying that they would struggle in La Liga Th- this team is amazing what Gasparini has managed to achieve with them is amazing it's, I was saying to you before, the, before we started recording it's a bit like imagine Osasuna five years from now doing what Atalanta did that that was a position that Atalanta were in you know about five years ago you know they were they were they were nothing special at all um, they were more of a team historically that would be fighting relegation than challenging at the you know the top level of European football and I think Gasparini is a big part of that um, they play some amazing stuff anybody who's watched any of, any of the Serie A over the last couple of years would know that so I think um, they were well beaten they were very well beaten uh, over over the tie, but they it's an amazing achievement what they managed to, to do. Yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate as well with having a man sent off at home after after 17 minutes. That could have been a different game, could have changed the tie, but in the end, yeah, they were they were very well beaten. Yeah, that's it. Without uh, wanting to make this the Real Madrid show, there's been substantial coverage in the, the press over here after Zidane's comments um, about the possible return of Cristiano Ronaldo to the, to the Bernabeu. What exactly was said here, and how much should we read into it? 
I mean, according to Marca, anyway, there's been some some informal conversations between his agent Jorge Mendes and, and Real Madrid, and yeah, Zidane was asked about it as well, and he, he said, uh, "Sabemos la persona que es Cristiano y todo lo que ha hecho en Madrid es un delantero increíble, veremos qué cosa cuadra en el futuro." So saying like, yeah, we know we know what kind of person Cristiano is and everything he's done in Madrid and he's an incredible forward. Let's see kind of what, what happens in the future, what what suits him in the future. So strange, he hasn't he hasn't exactly played down that it could happen. He did also say he's a Juventus player, we have to respect that. Yeah. But it's interesting, he would have just I would have thought he would have left it there, but he's kinda of opened up the possibility that it might happen. I think it's his typical style to sort of just play down everything. So it was kinda of noteworthy that he came out and actually commented on it and, and, and stuff like that. Um it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think Agnelli, the 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 president of of UV, he's one of these guys that's been massively criticised in recent years. Probably, uh, probably for the, the most part because he's been so in favour of the Super League, um, because he thinks that that's the way that UV are gonna are gonna move forward. Forget addressing long term structural problems at the club or whatever. No, it's 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 uh, you know the, there are short term solutions to this kind of stuff. And uh, you were you were having a laugh about this yesterday. I was, was going to say, <laughs> so you're on a, you know, a cracking quote that didn't age well. Yeah. A couple of years, I think it must have been, yeah, a couple of years ago, saying that teams like I think he actually said Porto, Lyon, and Ajax, and Ajax <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't couldn't cut it in this European Super League. <laughs> the three teams who have knocked them out in the last three years. But that's it. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how much the guy knows about uh, about football. I do think the Champions League is an obvious obsession for him. Uh, I think that probably the acquisition of Ronaldo, you have to say this idea of buying Mr. Champions League, because that's what Ronaldo yeah. is. You know, he's he's got an incredible record in the Champions League. I think he thought that buying him would be the solution. And it's obviously more complicated than that. Football is more complicated than that. And um maybe he himself will will see because he takes a, he takes quite a simplistic view of things, maybe he himself will see that this hundred million uh euro signing of Ronaldo was a gamble that didn't pay off. Maybe he would be um, happy enough to yeah, to let him go, but there's there's chat of that. I think they they kind of have more or less. Well, it's the, it's been said that Juventus will be happy enough to let him go in the summer. But could you see him going back to Real Madrid? It, it's difficult. I, I I could potentially see just because of what Agnelli, their you know the the UV the UV president is like that he might take some kind of rash decision and and uh, not make Ronaldo feel particularly welcome or whatever. I, I don't know how it would end up man, manifesting itself, but conceivably you could see it happening from that from that side. On the other hand, how much money would it cost? Would that go against the grain of what Madrid have been trying to do in the last couple of seasons by limiting costs? It would, yeah. It would be. It would be completely against what they've been trying to do in the in the last little while. I think you pointed out before the show it would be far more a typical Madrid signing to maybe not move on Ronaldo, who is getting on, and make another kind of signing. Yeah, it's just not exactly a signing for the future. No. I mean, it's kind of a, a, a romantic <laughs> signing. Yeah. Like it's kind of, I mean, yeah, obviously he's done incredible things at Real Madrid, but at the end of the day, he left. I don't think Real Madrid the type of club to go back and re-sign a player at that age who has left, but... Yeah, for me, I mean, I think their main focus is going to be Mbappe or, or Haaland mm. for the future. But I don't know, we'll see at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't think anyone would be would be, would be sad or, or disappointed or angry if Ronaldo came back to the club. Nobody's going to turn their nose up at it. But uh, yeah, promises their last Madrid piece of, uh, piece of news. More misery for Eden Hazard. 
uh, on the injury front, not looking good for him uh, at all. It's just really sad when you when you see this. It's yeah, it's very sad. I mean, yeah, he came on for for fifteen minutes the other day in the win against LJ, and now he's been ruled out again with ankle problems and looking like he's going to need surgery again. That was the the headline in, in Marco was Hazard could go under the knife again, and it's just yeah, it's just so sad to see for a player who was unbelievable for years at Chelsea. Barely got injured. He's barely been injured in his career until he went to Real Madrid. And now, yeah, he's missed 50 out of 88 games, already 21 this season. He's had more more injuries and illnesses at 11 than goal contributions at 9, but which yeah. is a, a sad, sad statistic. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's a player who's, as you, you mentioned there, I think his time at Chelsea was very much sort of um, defined, aside from just his skill, what he managed to achieve on the pitch. So just the fact that he was on the pitch, he was hardly ever injured. So consistently there, so to go from that, you know, the, the by all indications he was a he was a, a very reliable signing for Madrid, and it's just been one injury after another for the guy. So, yeah, really, really sad. Um, okay, moving away from Real Madrid, Atletico with another slip up at the the weekend against Getafe. Now, here's a question: defensive issues, I would say, were to blame for the drop points against Levante and maybe against Celta as well. You can losing that last minute goal. Uh, you could put that down to Trippier being out and and probably a couple of other factors. Um, the points dropped in the Madrid derby were probably due to a drop in the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, you can understand after 70 minutes of real high intensity that they maybe dropped off towards the end of the game. What went wrong on, on Sunday against Getafe? Because it was probably neither of those things that... It's difficult to say that too much went wrong apart from them just not putting the goal in the, in yeah. the back of the net. I mean... Suarez hit the post, Dembele had a couple of great chances, a header that he just knocked wide, a volley that kind of volleyed into the ground and I mean it forced a very good save from, from David Soria but maybe if he hadn't volleyed into the ground he might have scored but it was it was just unlucky, I mean they could have easily scored two or three, Getafe didn't really have many chances, Oblak made one or two saves, nothing, nothing too difficult mm. so for me it was more unlucky than anything, Joe Felix as well scored, scored that goal that was rightly disallowed because the ball had just gone out before exactly. they crossed it but yeah it's just it's just not what you like to see now they've dropped nine points in their last six games which is the same amount they dropped in their first 21 and yeah it's just one of those things it was it was just going right for them now it just doesn't seem to be going their way and I don't know do you do you worry about their their title chances if you're if you're it's hard to see or to, to come to any other conclusion other than that <laughs> They're trying their best to lose it. You know, it's just, it, it really is. It's just, it looks like it's kind of falling apart slightly. If you're trying not to see it that way, look at the last game. They did have 73% of possession, which is incredible. They had seven shots on target to Hitafi's two. You know, they are kind of doing everything right. They actually even managed to outfill Hitafi, which is quite an achievement because Hitafi are famously a, a little bit dirty. 17 fills to Hitafi's nine. <laughs> well, well Hitafi had the better ones. <laughs> they show that with the... Red card for Red card for Neom. Yeah. West Brom Watford legend. <laughs> Neom. Yeah. Quite a hard tackle. <laughs> That's it. So well, you know, they got a guy set off, but you know, they they were. You can't say that there was a lack of fight in the team or anything like that. It just, I, I just think, you know, they had the ball in the net with Joao Felix. Dembele came very close a couple of times. Luis Suarez at the post. It, you know, just a case of bad luck, I think. Yeah, um, I think it was more unfortunate than anything. Well, comparing, especially comparing it to other games where they have drop points. But yeah, it's just a bit worrying for them. Yeah, yeah. European football this week as well tonight. Yeah, yeah. 
we'll see how they recover from that that's it which is something that Barcelona for example don't have and uh, Barcelona now from for all the problems this season the question I mean do you think they're on course for a double now it could easily happen great win over West on Monday a few great goals as well I wouldn't say double because my boys Bill Bear are going to come through in <laughs> <laughs> the Copa del Rey final but I'm, I think they're going to win the league I've been thinking it for about a month I think I said it to you a couple of weeks ago maybe not on the show but I think Barcelona are going to win the league just gonna they're just chipping away there. they're just chipping away at four just, wins in the bench their form has just been unbelievable in, like in, in the league in 2021 they've won 11 out of 12 just the one all draw with Caddies the only drop points and I mean, obviously it's correlates or it, it's because of Messi's Messi's unbelievable form as well like in 2021 he's scored 17 and assisted 7 in 18 games and like you said against Wesker unbelievable what a way to to equal Xavi's record of 767 appearances for the club that first goal was, was oh it's just class just absolute class I, I really like the second one as well it's like a war, it's just he passes it into the, the corner yeah he doesn't put any he doesn't put too much weight into it he doesn't batter it he just guides it into the corner just absolute class so four wins on the bench for them they're now just four points off Atletico and Atletico can no longer rely on those extra games because they've played the same amount of games so do you think Messi's looked kind of happier in the last uh, few weeks as well? Yeah I was, I was going to mention that as well I mean that's it given everything that's been going on I think he, he looked like the happiest man on the pitch when PK scored that that equaliser against Sevilla in the Copa del Rey two weeks ago he was jumping up and down it was unbelievable I mean that's probably contributed to his form. So I mean, as long as as long as Messi's happy and far and away, then I think it's down to Messi whether they win the league or not. Really, and yeah. I think he wants it. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he looks like he's in a a good a good uh, moment, as uh, like so to speak. So yeah, very. We'll see how that develops off the field. We kind of had to mention this very very strange situation was going on at Barcelona earlier this week. Just when you thought the elections were over and done with after that clear victory for Juan Laporta, uh, Jaume Giraud, the man that was in charge of Laporta's campaign finances, he resigned on Saturday morning. And it was then announced on Tuesday that Laporta couldn't actually be officially sworn in as club president unless he, he found enough money to make up, uh, I think it was 15% of the club's budget, which is about €125 million. Euros. Um, now, Giraud's resignation and the issue of the €125 million shortfall are allegedly unrelated but it's a really strange situation or it was a strange situation because it's now been resolved yeah so to speak. <laughs> resolved yeah I mean I'd say yeah he had <clears throat> he was reported on Tuesday he had I don't know only a certain number of hours to come up with this 125 million or the, otherwise there was going to be another election they were saying which is just crazy it's just one thing after another Barcelona but now seemingly he has come to reach agreements with Banco Sabadell and, and Audax Catalan company and he has the money but yeah it's he's expecting the in the, the coming days to show how he's reached that agreement and then he'll be sworn in this week but it was just it was bizarre it was really bizarre yeah and it seemed to be it was less than 24 hours the whole thing the announcement that he had to find the money and the announcement that he had found the money so I don't know like you wonder how kind of fast it happened in real time just as well for me because I'm actually halfway through an article about his presidency for the issue for issue 4 of the Modern Footballer uh, magazine which comes out on the 2nd of April and is now available for pre-order did you like that little plug I just did there <laughs> <laughs> but no it's true I'm halfway through an article about, about Laporta oh, presidency that would, so that would it. it would have completely thrown a spanner in the works so I'm, I'm uh, pretty pretty uh, happy that that didn't happen so um, but yeah Giroud's decision to resign allegedly um, 
I think it was related to actually to Laporta's refusal to appoint him uh, as the president of club finances. So it was more of a kind of personal thing between the two, uh, rather than the actual, you know, the the question of this 125 million. You do wonder, given the fact that Barcelona have got 1.17 billion euros of debt, you wonder who would want to be the the president of club finances anyway. So I thought you'd be wouldn't fancy that. No, themselves. wouldn't fancy it at all. So who knows? But yeah, I think there's probably there's probably something that will develop throughout the week because it's. You know, it does seem very rushed the entire thing. So, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, Spanish national team. The this was announced earlier this week. Who was going to be going in uh, Enrique's squad? Any surprises there for you, or or yeah, any any shocks there for you? Um, shocks. I'm not I'm not sure about shocks, but yeah, a couple of couple of changes to the last squad. And the people brought in are Pedri, uh, which. Is, is a no-brainer. He's been he's been unbelievable for Barcelona all season. Yeah. Bit of a get bit of a, a sickener for the, the under twenty ones who would have liked to still have him. Robert San, Robert Sanchez from Brighton. What you make of him? Do you think he deserves a spot? I think he's great. I think like here it's uh, just in Spain. If you talk to your average Spanish person, they actually don't know very much about him because he's been playing in England for so long. Yeah. Um, the YouTube channel La Media Inglesa did like a thirty minute. Uh, feature on him just to explain who he was and all that to the, for a Spanish audience so he's a fairly kind of unknown uh, quantity I think yeah, here but I think if you're watching the Premier League you would know that he's, he's a good he's been doing very well I mean he's, he only came in he only really started for the first team November December he came in and I mean he was doing well to, to take the, the number one shirt off, off Matt Ryan hmm. so yeah he's been unbelievable he's kept six clean sheets in 17 appearances which is very good for a, a team like Brighton who are going to have a lot of pressure in a lot of games Yeah. then we've got uh, Brian Heal as well who's brought in Ibar man incredibly skillful player Brian Hill I really think he's uh, he's just so exciting to watch and yeah well deserved very young as well and it's great to see I think you made a point earlier before we were recording that Enrique came out and basically said that it doesn't matter who you play for you know he's at Abar yeah. who, are, who are struggling in the league but the guy's showing real promise. He's been one of the most exciting players in La Liga this season. Just a very creative, intelligent football player. So I like that. I don't know what you thought. I really like that. What Enrique said. Refreshing to see. Yeah, he says a couple of things like I don't. I don't look at age. I can be eighteen or thirty-five. Like his number one thing is performance, and as well clubs as well. I mean, a lot of national teams. You see players. They'll just pick the players from the big clubs. I mean, sometimes sometimes it's the right thing to do. But when you've got so much Spanish talent that various clubs it's good to see that anyone can think alright I've got a chance I just need to perform rather than I need to be at Barcelona Real Madrid Man City mm. big clubs so yeah and last one Pedro Porro who's on loan from Man City at Sporting Lisbon and absolutely dominating the Premier League in Portugal so that's another another young lad 21 he's actually the only right back in the squad as well the only natural right back no natural right back yeah it's an interesting one, so it'd be good to see you know a young guy like that getting a, a younger guy like that getting a game. Pedro Porro, incidentally, Porro means joint, like marijuana. <laughs> thing. I don't know, big big Peter joint. Peter Peter joint. Peter yeah. joint. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely easier to translate than Athpiliqueta, who would yeah. be a possible other right back candidate. So, but no, good to good to see these uh, young guys getting a, getting a chance. Any surprises in terms of people who are not included in the squad for you? Yeah, well, the lads who have been dropped since the last squad have been Jesus Navas, Miguel Marino, Kepa, Adama Traore, Regulon, and Pau Torres. I mean, Pau Torres is precautionary, I think, because apparently he's got like a, a small injury. They don't want to risk him 
Um, Kepa, his form has dropped all season. Mendy's number one, and that's completely fair. And we talked about Robert Sanchez, who's been great. Adama Traore, again, has been playing well, but I mean, he hasn't scored or assisted in the league all season. As well as he's been playing, I don't know. There's a lot of competition, but I, d- I did. I did watch Liverpool versus Wolves, or Wolves versus Liverpool. Was it? Can't remember who was at home. I watched it the other night, and uh, Adama against Robertson was a really good matchup. He's playing well, but just if you're looking purely at the stats, he's probably not the you know he's not doing what he was doing last season. But he's certainly playing well. But again, I can kind of understand why he's been dropped from from the squad. Yeah, it's not it's not too outrageous. What do you make of Mikel Moreno? I actually can understand that one. Like in, in terms of form, he's he's playing very well. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, like he's he's played ninety eight of the last one hundred and six games for his team, so he needs a break. Yeah, and they've also got that that um, cup final coming up on the fourth of April. So I can and uh, I mean, assuming he, uh, I would think he would start the game at the weekend against um, Barcelona. So you throw all of that in together, I would probably think it, it it's a surprise, but it's also not a surprise. It's a surprise yeah. that a player has qualities out, but also they've, they've got this cup final, you know, first chance to win a, a, a bit of silverware in a long, long time. Uh, Imanol, the, the manager, actually came out and made, like said, yeah, well done for not going to the Spanish team. <laughs> Which, um, you know, I, I can understand why he said that. I think, you know, just... I think he's probably thinking of the final and the guy is, he's he's been so constant in, in that Celtic Dead team so I think that's probably why he hasn't gone yeah and then Regulon as well that's probably based on Alba's Alba's recent form I don't really make that I mean he's, he was in there and yeah Alba in the last couple of weeks has been has been unbelievable but resurgent hasn't he because it was it was looking like he was maybe out of the out of the picture for a little while um, but no he's, he's playing he's really kind of turned it on and Last couple of months, really. So, but Reggie one still, you know, he's he's a he's a top player as well. So I mean, it's 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 a good, you know, the, the old football cliche is a good headache for for Enrique to have. That's it, and he said that as well. He's kind of he's open to changing. Like he's not nobody's nobody's a guarantee. Yeah. In the squad and that, so he has made a few changes. Yeah. In recent times of choosing the squad, so that's good to keep everyone on their toes. Everyone needs to be performing consistently. That's it. Close thing to surprise, I would probably say is Navas. I think Navas is. I don't know. He's been maybe he needs a break as well. Yeah, I was going to say know. that. Yeah, similar to Marino. I mean, he's been playing a lot of football, European football, Copa del Rey, the league. So and he's got a few years on Marino as well. So yeah, I could I could maybe understand that as well. So yeah, fair enough. Now on to a feature that we haven't actually had for a little while, which is the crap headline of the week uh, feature. Uh, it's been a, it's been a while since we did one of these. I can't actually remember the last one uh, that we had, but. This being St. Paddy's Day, you know, I couldn't let the front cover of Mundo Deportivo today slip by I me. Mean, you haven't seen this yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to whatever's coming. I've actually saved this one. Uh, so they've gone for Guinness Messi. Guinness. G-U-I-N-N-E-S-S. Messi. Um, it's highlighting the various records of, of Lionel Messi after that amazing performance against Westcott and also... Uh, the beating Chavez record yeah. of, of appearance and that kind of stuff. Now I've got various theories about this. Uh, my first one is that it's related to A, the fact that Guinness is a byword for record. Guinness Book of World yeah, Records. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. B is that Guinness to them sounds a little bit like genius, which kind of makes sense apart from the fact that Guinness and genius actually don't really sound like each other at all. 
Uh, or see that it's St. Patrick's Day and they want it to be friendly, uh, you know, towards the Irish people and all that, and it just, it's just a wee nod towards that. Yeah, so, that was... I, I mean, it could be all three of those things, I didn't really. I not know what to make of that, to be honest. When you first said it, I just thought Guinness, Messi, maybe it's my Irish... Irishness coming through I just thought ah, you know not in the Guinness can get a bit messy <laughs> yeah but if it was a proper Irish one it, it would probably be I mean you don't really order a Guinness in a bar you would order a pint of plain wouldn't you that's true yeah yeah so would there be a, uh, yeah that's, that's una pinta de sencillo it would probably be a pint of plain that's a great headline yeah, yeah. I, liked, I liked that theory about the Guinness book the Guinness book records it's really good I mean it's, it's like it's like the it's like deconstructing the Alhambra Palace in a way almost this headline it really is that big it's, yeah. it's absolutely fantastic Jeez. So Jeez, it, could, <laughs> it could be any of those uh, but yeah it's a cracking headline <laughs> well, I think it's pretty good I mean like uh, Ro- Robbie Dunn was, was on Twitter just he is Irish he, he's the guy that wrote um, Working Class Heroes the book about Raya Vallecano and he was on Twitter this morning just totally confused about the headline that um, was but, my initial reaction so I went a bit when I was silent there when you said it first like Guinness Messi I thought there was something else coming up just Guinness Messi I don't know I think it, whatever it is it's a nice sentiment even if it falls a wee bit flat I think yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I think it's a nice a nice sentiment anyway so yeah that, that's definitely a crap headline of the week <laughs> uh, did you have any did you not have a did you have a headline that you liked that was something about a badge oh Ramos oh yeah the Ramos just, one yeah just about Ramos on the yeah the front of, of La Marca from Tuesday I like that one El Escudo del Madrid which Means like I mean the badge of Madrid, the emblem of Madrid, the shield of Madrid as well, shield, defensive yeah. shield. It also be yeah, it also be translated as the defense of Madrid. So it's kind of maybe a double meaning there in English, but not necessarily in Spanish. But that's a good headline though. Yeah, that's actually a good headline. So we've got the crap headline of the week, which is actually also unreal in a way, and then we've got one that's actually just kind of classically good. So yeah. Uh, by the way, if anybody is wondering why we haven't spoken about Atletico yet, it's because uh, at the time of recording, uh, it hasn't happened. So. You know, we have to record at some point. We're going to miss the odd thing out. So, but basically, there's no point in making predictions about uh, something that could be out of date in less than twenty four hours. So, yeah, that's basically why we haven't done that. Um, however, we are going to have a look forward to the weekend uh, with our usual weekend preview. What games jump out at you? I think there's. I actually only have two picks this weekend. It's not the there's not as many real kind of massive ones I would say, but I don't know. Do you, it's not the most it? exciting weekend, but I mean the number one pick for me would be Sociedad at home to to Barca, which is nine o'clock Spanish time on Sunday, eight o'clock English Irish time. Hmm. Let's see Barcelona. They're just they're absolutely flying. And like so, what Messi did when he equaled Xavi's record. It'd be interesting to see what he does when he breaks the record. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, and Sociedad who are still pushing pushing for that Champions League spot, albeit a bit off now, but. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. To see, depending on what happens in in the Atletico game before that as well. Just about to say that to you. So when that game's played on on, on Sunday evening, uh, they will know the result of the of the Atletico versus Alaves game. Now that that would have been my other pick for the weekend, uh, just purely based on the fact that it's a must win for Atletico. They cannot lose that one. They cannot even they can't drop points. Yeah, uh, in, in games like that. If Barcelona win and they lose, it's a point. Yeah. If they draw, it's two points. Two points in it, and the, the games in hand are all of a sudden have, have disappeared. Yep, that's it. Yeah, and uh, they've also got. You could be looking at a situation where if they draw points in this game, they've got Sevilla away next weekend as well. So I mean, yes. it's uh, their leads. You know, could conceivably disappear in, in inside two weeks, and we've not been in that situation since the beginning of the season. So. That's it. And they still have they still have Barcelona to play. I think it's the fifth last game of the season. Yeah, let it go. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult. We would be um, 
we would be looking for more goals this weekend as well because the last weekend was not always, not a great advert for I've the league. I've always said it for years when I was when I when I when I placed the odd the odd bet. I always say a good bet is both teams to score in in La Liga, and three nil all draws, three one nils, and a one all, and then yeah, about three games with more goals than that. But yeah, it was it was not not a not a weekend for goals. A couple of big one alls though. A couple of derbies had a a Nesri following up his midweek brace against Dortmund with a with a goal and the one 0 win in El Gran Derby against Betis. Cracker as well. Yeah. Really nice touch. Um really, really well controlled. I think the goalkeeper, Robles, maybe needs to have a look at himself you know, I don't know why the hell he's come out <laughs> that far to him, but the angle that uh Nazari scored from was absolutely fantastic. So really, really good goal from from him and obviously a, a big derby. You miss out not having the fans there, but it was still yeah. It, it was a good game, you know. It went against the grain in the sense it was a good game despite the despite the the low number of goals, um, and then the Valencia derby as well. Yeah, was, big one 0 win for Levante. Yeah, huge. good to find some uh, a little bit of kind of happiness after the last, you know, after that again. Me, me, myself, and Reece spoke about it last week, but that Copa del Rey defeat was seriously terrible for the Levante support. Um, so yeah good to have a, a little win in the derby Valencia didn't really look anywhere near it I think Levante were totally dominant in that game as well so again just uh, a season to forget for, for Valencia already we're only in March but yeah, it really really has been a season to forget So great great weeks for Granada and Villarreal as well but winning 2-0 in the Europa League on Thursday and then uh, Granada beating Sociedad 1-0 and Villarreal beating Ibar 3-1 yep. to, to end Emery's longest run without a win in the league in his, in his career in, in any league you do hope from from their point of view if you're if you've got a soft spot for Villarreal or you're you're a fan of Villarreal or if you're an Emery after that you know that's there's a shocking shocking run that he's had um, that that European form will help them kick on yeah. um, and also yeah the, the, the win at the weekend as well it's a very good point he actually did say that before the uh, before the the Europa League game, and said that if if we if we get something from this, it could be a kind of catalyst that could be really help us kick on in the league because um, we're doing everything right in terms of like there's a there's there's a feel good factor about the club, you know, in the in the training and all that. The players' attitude is good. Uh, there are no kind of bad eggs there, you know. There's no there's no kind of crisis going on. It's just they just had a really terrible run, and it looks like they've they've potentially probably blowing their European chances yeah. of getting a good European finish two points off off Europa now and yeah like Betis Betis and Sociedad are, are looking good so I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens there at home to Cadiz on Sunday Real, so you'd hope they'll get a win there and yeah maybe maybe this will be a bit of a catalyst and maybe their form will pick up but yeah we'll see they're definitely a team to watch for the rest of the season um, but I, I would love for them to, to do something in Europe and obviously uh, Granada just just a great story first season in Europe and they're doing very very well um, obviously that 2-0 that win over, over Molde uh, it would be great to see them go through as well first season in Europe and they're potentially again time of recording looks like they're, they've got one foot in the, the quarterfinals so yeah. yeah it would be absolutely great to see so yeah, um, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks for joining us as always. We'd like to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and get Spanish football news. And you can also visit our website at Get Football News Spain for all the latest on what's happening in Spanish football. Thanks for joining us on this wonderful, beautiful St. Paddy's Day. And Cheers for having me. No problem. Long fall. <laughs> no problem. How do you say thank you again? Uh, Gura... Guramila. Well, Guramila Mahagut. Guramila. Guramila.
for for sure to your mates Gurumila uh, todo el mundo Gurumila for everyone and uh, yeah thanks for joining us we will see you again next week when Reese is here and yeah enjoy this weekend's football adios hasta luego